On tonight's episode of Living Off the Land, we are joined by Steven Stefano, who is fresh off a plane from Los Angeles. He was at the Browns game last night. Uh, we get everything started with the catch-up with Jordan, where we talk about a couple of breweries that are slated to open. And uh, after that, we talk to Steve about his experience in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. Uh, we get into his experience, and uh, he kind of rates his experience in the stadium itself and kind of how everything felt. Um, and then uh, Jordan actually had to leave early. Uh, he got summoned to pick up his parents at the airport. And so Steve and I kind of do a secondary Browns postgame show after that where we talk about the game itself, and Steve gives his opinions on the game. And then we do a quick recap of the MLB playoffs uh, before we end the episode. But we get everything started with the beer of the week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Jordan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. My hands didn't grip the tab right away. <laughs> and my uh, nails are so short, I couldn't... Same, yeah, I just cut mine. Well, anyhow, uh, for those that don't know, we're the uh, living off the land. We are, <laughs> we are living off the land. Talking wow. about our cuticles right now. Yeah, talking about... Exactly. Not, not, um, not sure why, but... More, more importantly, we're going to be talking about this beer. Um, and we have a guest tonight uh, who's been on many hey. times. He's been on many... He's barely a guest at this he's, point. He, I, I'm, I'm surprised he's awake right now, Yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> We'll explain that. Very Anyways, jet lagged. Stefano is back. Jet have... setting across the <laughs> USA. Yeah, you um, were. Uh, where were you? Where were you today? A few hours ago, or several hours ago? I was in ago? Los Angeles. Wow, that's the other side of the country. That's and crazy. then you were just telling us about how you were also in uh, Chi Town. Yeah, uh, Ooh, connecting the flight back from yeah, connecting the here from LAX. Like the two of the airports you just never want to go to, pretty <laughs> much. So. Yeah, what's the I, name? I actually don't mind the Chicago one. What's I've the name of the other way. Chicago airport? Uh, Midway. Midway. Which yeah. is the more sensible Wait, and small. Which is the one that I usually probably O'Hare is the big, the big giant one. one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. O'Hare, I think isn't isn't O'Hare considered the busiest airport in the oh, country? That's Atlanta. Atlanta oh, has Atlanta. O'Hare just by a just by a touch. And okay. LAX. They're they're both like really yeah. close. Yeah. I think Atlanta, they, LAX. And the only reason why New York isn't is because they have three of them. Right. Right. And there's like a thousand <laughs> cities around them that are very big as well. Yeah. Houston's and Dallas's are pretty big too, I think. Uh, yeah, DFW, I mean any big city. Actually, I actually transferred in DFW on the way out. That <clears throat> Dallas Fort Worth airport is. No, I think I think Dallas Fort Worth is. Yeah, it's 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 like oddly big. You know which one's not? <laughs> Hopkins. <laughs> Hopkins, which is great because we come rolling up to the gate tonight, and literally I just walk out to the car, and you know, yeah, my wife Ren gets the bags, and we're out of there in ten minutes. It yeah. Was awesome. Oh, how is Ren doing? Oh, she's doing fine actually. Mm. Uh, I miss her. She did hang out not come to SoFi Stadium. She actually hung out with her friend up in Acton, California, in the north oh, of LA County. There you go. But, hmm. uh, nah, you, you know, out in West Africa, they didn't they didn't have our brand of football. And it seems like oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. She likes like soccer and basketball. Like she grew up with. She did t- baseball. And yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's gonna take her longer to to. Con- 
uh, converter, I guess. For, but for those that don't know, she's uh, she's from Cameroon, right? Yeah, Cameroon. Yes. So, yeah. uh, also, uh, for those who are trying to uh, figure out why uh, Steve was in L.A., uh, Steve was at the Browns game on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. We'll get into that later in the episode, but uh, let's talk about this beer that yeah, Jordan yeah. and I are. Yeah, Jordan brought that was probably week. the longest non-beer intro we've done. Um, <laughs> so we are drinking, drinking, wow. We Don't are drinking. Don't buy <laughs> you a drink. Oh. We are, we are I'm drinking. I'm going to take you home with me. Yammy Yammy by Platform. Uh, so good. This is, we've talked, for those that know me and Dan, this is one of our favorite fall beers. It's one of the goat um, fall beers. The 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 standard Yammy Yammy. I, yeah. S'mores Yammy Yammy, it's. I, I've had that one, and I've had, there's another version, I think. Something, yeah. And there's a Christmas, they're both good. Isn't there a Christmas Yammy Yammy or something? Something like that. Yeah. And I remember that one being weird. Yeah. But the but s'mores, the s'more one, s'mores one, it's good. It's just a little too sweet for my... It's, yeah. it's, a, it's good, but it's a little too sweet for my liking. This is... Yeah. I mean, this so, is top of the top. So this is, you know, I mean, if you like pumpkin beers, um, this is kind of the same vibe. Yep. Similar spices and flavors. I mean, you know, sweet potato and pumpkin are kind of similar. I had sweet potato for my, with my dinner tonight. Yeah? I, I was about yeah. to ask, yammy, yammy, is this, you know, yams? Is that part of the... Yeah. Yeah, it's brewed with yams. So instead of pumpkin, like how pumpkin beers are, they just, you know... It's, uh, from what I understand, I'm pretty sure it's the same process, just they put sweet potato instead of pumpkin. Sweet um, potato pie. It's a big part of fall. Yeah. So... Uh, the description, well, there's not like a description description, but I love these three little descriptive yeah. words, slightly spiced, silky, and then the last and one, luscious, luscious. I think that's fair. Luscious is a little dramatic, <laughs> but slightly spiced and silky. Is I it, can, who was that? that? Who said, who was the sports center anchor that said, that said luscious all the time after like a real, like somebody hit a really big putt. Was that Scott Van Pelt? I think that was Scott Van Pelt. He goes in a word, luscious. <laughs> That sounds hilarious. Scott Van Pelt, man, what a guy, what a guy. Yep, yeah, uh, SVP, man. Shout out. Let me, let me come read. on the show anytime you want. Yes, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna read some more of the descriptions. So the grains, please do. This is for like John Passo. What's that's the name? Right? Yep. This is for like John Passo and other actual beer people. Um, Turo, Caramalt, Caramalt, Munich Two, Carapils. Milan Milanoidin and flake bark barley. Those are the grains. Now the hop is Galena. The yeast American ale and the, and whatever adjuncts are. Please tell us if he's saying this correctly because knowing Jordan, he's probably not. But I don't yeah. know these words either, so right, I don't know how right, they're pronounced. Exactly. The adjuncts are molasses, oh. spice blend, and sweet potato. Oh, adjuncts must be the flavor. Melanoidin. <laughs> I mean, does that not look like what that says? No, I know. You're probably, yeah. yeah. <coughs> but, yeah. My yeah. goodness. Wow, was, I, I forgot yeah. how much. This is 7.7%. Yes, it's it's intense. Yeah, this will knock you right on your keister mm-hmm. if you have a couple of these. Your keister. Yeah, word of the day, keister. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Jordan yeah. probably knocked a few back with the Astros moving out of the AFC. Actually, yesterday. zero, because you know, I had to work out. We don't. Oh, no, but okay. we don't uh, in the other games, that. I definitely did. You know, Steve, don't you don't need to bring up those cheating. Don't hype a-holes. me up. Don't hype me up. Don't hype me up. Um I really dislike the White Sox, so just You know, actually I want to say something real quick. I'm, we'll probably talk about this more in a second, but I wore my jersey, I don't know, Saturday or whenever whenever we all hung out for Teresa's thing. And 
I had so many people come up to me that they're like, dude, F the White Sox. I actually hope you guys win. I was blown away. Yeah, I was like, okay. Division rival. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I, 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 mean yeah. I wasn't one of those people. But cheaters yeah. never prosper. <clears throat> well, in, unless when they do. Hmm. Um, Have fun losing to the Red Sox. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know about Houston that. Again this round, they're playing Boston. No, I'm yeah. just no, I'm just not going to watch. <laughs> just not going to watch. Could this have been? Could this? What? It, what team would you sub out the Rays for to make this literally the worst AL side of the bracket for a Cleveland fan? It, was it? Would it be like they, Detroit? The Yankees? Probably Detroit, right? No, the Yankees were well. Detroit. Well, the Yankees, the Yankees technically were, were in the playoffs. In it, yeah. Technically. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Let's wild talk card. about the whole bracket. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I have nothing against – I mean, I guess I – yeah, probably, yeah, the Tigers. But they've been so awful the last five years. It's like, yeah, we don't like them, but it's like you, feel, you almost feel bad for them at this point. Hmm. To me, actually, it more so would be the Twins, I think. Maybe. Um, We've had more battles with Minneapolis yeah, in I don't, recent like, years. Yeah, looking out west – I don't really have any issues with any other teams. I don't have any issues with any other teams in the East. Like, Toronto's fine, whatever. The Central, I mean. We don't really care about Anyway, we can talk about this in a couple minutes. Let, yeah. Let's finish up the beer. I don't know so, why. So, beer. Um, <laughs> we, all right. So, I, I am going Sabia. to just start my my thoughts on it. Uh, we've had it before. This is a beer we, we always know. So, I don't have to get into too much detail. I love it. I get it every year. I will continue getting it. I will rate this. Ooh, this is tough. How Ooh. high do I go? Ooh. I don't want to be ridiculous because I've, I've put out a couple wildly high scores lately. I'm going to go high, though. I'm going to go 7.8. He going high. Ooh, hello. 7.8. He going high. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm in that same ballpark. This is just really <laughs> good. I might actually go above. Oh, that um hmm yeah i actually think i'm gonna go eight one on this i think it's in the eights i love yammy yammy so and again the original yam just yammy yeah. yammy s'mores yammy yammy i'll drink it i can only drink like one of them it's too sweet for me yeah it's too but, sweet for sure and even even this one is sweet <clears throat> so i don't know why they need they felt the need to kick it up with the sweetness but some people have that sweet tooth I guess. <clears throat> man then Not eat me. a chocolate chip cookie yeah, like, why do you want to drink it's your, it? Like it's beer. Like I, I agree. Whatever. I mean, people have their own taste. That's that's for them. It's not for me, but whatever. I feel like that's those type of beers are more for people that don't like beer. Different does strokes that, for different folks. But does you that know? make sense? I feel like it's for people yeah. that don't like beer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like how those weird slushy sour things are like for people that don't like beer. They're like for people like cider. Like, like the ones that taste like <clears throat> Jolly Rogers. Jolly, Jolly Rancher. What did I say? You jo- said, no, Jolly, I said Rogers. Jolly Rogers. Yeah, you kept true. saying it. And then you, it's funny is I didn't correct you. You caught it on yourself. You're like, wait. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah I'm putting your funny. score down, Dan. You said yeah, yeah. 8.1, right? 8.1, absolutely. And you were 7.8? Seven, uh, so, yep. <laughs> Steve, give your score. Steve, what's your score? Zero? Incomplete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Undecided. All right. Well, beer of the week, folks. Yep. Go get it at your local retailer. Mm-hmm. I got it at Max, but you can you get can get this definitely everywhere. at Giant Eagle. Yeah. You can get this, yeah, any any grocery store Hines, really. Giant, you probably get it at Marks. Honestly. Yeah, I am holding back a sneeze right now. That <laughs> you know, you're never successful holding in a sneeze ever. But you try. But so so many times, especially like in this, or if you're at like work. Uh, sorry, it, it almost came out. It's going to like. Why don't you just? You ever like, do that? Look at the light trick. When you went no. to sneeze, no. I was always taught that as a kid, like if I'm in school, or whatever, 
and we have like you know we had like those halogen lights above yeah. in the school classrooms. They're like, I didn't look go up, to school, look so up, and, oh my, <laughs> my bad. I, I I know what halogen lights are though. I've been in schools before. Yeah, I, I, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I, there I you seem go. to be doing okay right now. It's I gonna come out. Home, it's gonna yeah. come out at the worst time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's beer of the week. Yes, sir. Well, anyhow, um, continuing the theme of beer for a beer. little bit more. That's why Steve came. Yeah, exactly. Um, two brewery announcements for Cleveland. This is exciting. Brewery. Uh, actually, before I talk about this, have you been to that brewery that's like five minutes away from here? The German one? It's not open yet. Oh, it's not open yet. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely one we need to hit up. Yeah, but. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I would even like to do that. There's like a pre-show thing. Like make or, a whole night of it. Or, or even like. or even if we if we do the show early enough, just go there after. Just That'd hang out. Yeah, I'd be done. Um, yeah, Schnitz Ale Brewery. Looks it's owned awesome. by it really it's owned cool. by the people right across the street at Das Schnitzel that House, place, yeah. Yeah. which is another place I need to go to. By the way, yeah, yeah, their yeah. their food's pretty good. Um, classic German food. <clears throat> um, but uh, the brewery. It's like any other, you know, we're about to talk about yeah. one and immigrant immigrant son mm-hmm. um, that kind of was trying to get started and then the pandemic just killed Threw off all everything. Plans everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they've been they've been working on that building for over two years. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it, it was a really it was nice. a it's a renovated building. It was a standing it was a building yeah. already. I don't know what was there before. Well it looks nice now. Like yeah, so they totally redid the outside. Um I haven't gotten to see what it looks like on the inside because the the windows are tinted. So, um, but uh, yeah, there was people in there tonight when I drove by. It didn't it didn't look open. Yeah, it looks like, like it looks like I I drove by there maybe yesterday, last night or something, and they had like some TVs on. It looks like they yeah. were testing some stuff. Yeah, there was definitely some sort. They're of close. Yeah, yeah, they're close. Well, anyhow, uh, some a brewery that's also close, Brewdog Cleveland. So Brewdog, this is a this is kind of a funny joke running joke with the podcast inside podcast me joke, and yeah. jimmy both thought it was locally brewed blah 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 it technically is but it's a mul- it's an international brew craft brewery started in scotland that's right? from scotland yeah, yeah. and yeah. at this point they're just like a massive beer brand so right they still make good beer though i mean i the way i look at it i ain't one of those like oh i can't drink it if it's like i if it's good beer i'm gonna drink it but right. anyhow they're coming to cleveland which hey. is actually a pretty big deal i think and if you want to look at this, Dan, no one else can, but I can, or me and Dan can. These oh, wow, yeah. are the uh, pictures. So that's in th- Ohio City, right? Yeah. So do you know where Merlin's Wharf yeah. is? It's like around. It's like I don't. It's in that. It's in that part of the of the flats. Oh, it's in the flats. Yeah, it's in it's in the flats near near that area. I I can't remember. Um, of course, I can't find the address. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, they don't have it on there. Facebook page. Interesting. Um, but anyhow, the headliners they're going to have at this location in Cleveland are Lost, which is a lager. Hazy Jane, which a lot of people are probably familiar with. Yep. That is a hazy We've had it on the show New before. England IPA. Uh, Double Punk, that is Imperial IPA. Elvis Juice, another beer that a lot of people are probably familiar with. Uh, grapefruit infused IPA. And something called Lightspeed. This is a 99-calorie hazy IPA. I assume it's one of those uh, session IPAs. Yeah, sounds um, like it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good lineup. And, of course, they're going to have other ones, but those are like the core the core five that they're going to have. Hmm. So I don't see any information on when they're going to officially open. But, boy, does that location look ready to go. I'm assuming it's going to be soon. Um yeah, I, I I can't remember if this is the place where uh, I when I went to the, um, 
what's that thing called? That's at the con- the beer thing. It's at the convention center. Oh, a beer festival. Beer fest. Or, yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember if that's the one <laughs> that had the jalapeno IPA that my brother threw up. <laughs> I can't remember. It might actually be the one. I can't remember. If that, um, no, it might have been. Bo- I think I think it was Boss Dog in Cleveland Heights. Boss Dog. That's that's yeah. it. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, Not to say it was bad. It was just I, yeah, it I just, think the the. The uh, the aftertaste of the spice. I think my brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, so the some people also might be familiar with Brewdog because they have a Columbus, a very famous Columbus location that has like a hotel or something where you can they have taps in the rooms, something wacky. It's interesting. Um, they have actually two locations in Columbus, I believe, and one taps of them, in your room. Yeah, they have like it's a hotel brewery. Yeah, one of them is. There's two. <coughs> so is and it then, one of those things where you like swipe your card? Yeah, and you I, can. Yep, I believe it's that, or it just charges for the room. Oh, it's yeah. probably absurdly expensive. Oh, but, sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's like cracking in the mini bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty eight dollars for a pack of peanuts. The mi- the mini bars are ridiculous. Uh, so in other brewery news, this I'm super excited about this one. Super, so, <laughs> super. So a long time ago. Before some, before COVID nineteen overtook everything, uh, we were super excited. I said super a lot. We were very excited super. about a brewery coming to Lakewood hey. called Immigrant Sun Brewery. Uh, the pandemic absolutely wrecked everything they were planning to do, and they basically just held off and didn't do anything um, until they were more settled and uh, things kind of started getting back to normal. Long story short, they're basically ready now. They are putting a few finishing touches. They are officially opening October 25th. Hmm. Uh, the hours are going to be Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. <coughs> Friday, 3 p.m. to midnight. Saturday, 10 a.m. to midnight. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So they have a pretty solid <laughs> set of hours going there. <laughs> just, um, what's I going just, on? I posted the picture of the beer this week. Promote it. Promote it. Promote it. Promote yeah, it. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, anytime, I think I think if you like hashtag like a certain something. It's like these weird sites. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways. Hilarious. Um, one of them I responded to, and I just said no. And <laughs> the person responded with a heart. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Or person or who knows. Bot. Uh, so, again, we've talked about this before, but uh, Immigrant Sun is going to be in the old Constantino's Market mm. in the west side of Lakewood. And, wow, I was hoping I could find that address, but I didn't. But oh, you're bad, bad on the addresses It's today. west side of – it's near around the corner Don't area. ask Jordan for directions, folks. Yeah, don't, don't. It's, it's near around the corner area. They're going to – it sounds like it's going to be kind of like European-style brewing – they also had a little controversy with the brewer situation, but they now have the guy who oh, I believe yeah. is from Platform, and the assistant is from Forest City, I think, hmm. if I remember correctly. Looks like they have a good little crew going. And I found the address, 18120 Sloan Avenue in Lakewood. Look out. Look out. Um, they're also going to have food. So, Oh, BrewDog will have food as well. Food. I forgot to say. I like, yeah. All right. Well, that's kind that's of a big a, thing for me with with these breweries. Yeah, I was gonna say Dan's. A, that's a big, big, yeah, make or break for. Dan. I mean, I don't like. I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like it's if you're gonna have people come there and like sit and enjoy beers and stuff, like you should have food too. Yeah, but, I mean, makes sense. I don't know. Whatever. Food's expensive. I think though. This is true. Food. You like if you like bar. Yeah. Bars don't make that much money off their food. No. But. Anyhow, so that's the catch up. That's hey, what I got. 
That's what I got. Was there anything zany in the news that we need to touch on? Uh, so. well, other, there was other there was, than maybe the breaking news that my aunts and uncles are still stuck at various airports due to a major pilot strike at Southwest what? Airlines. Oh, seriously? That's a, so that's yeah. why Southwest was can't. It was so, a, so it's a strike. All sorts of flights all over the they country because they were being ambiguous about it. They were like, "Oh, it's weather." It's, and it, okay, so it's a strike. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, the apparently a lot of their. Pilots, so what did you fly? What did you fly on? We flew American. Ah. Which is odd. Like this is the only time I'd ever want to say, "Well, I'm glad I'm on American and not Southwest." Because I usually do fly. <laughs> yeah, Southwest. usually right. Southwest is solid. Thank goodness I didn't this time. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Well, hopefully they can get home soon. I mean, that sucks. Yeah, I got uh, one aunt who's in Denver and another who my parents are still <clears throat> in Chicago. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see oh, what your the... parents are in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael and Beth should just head over to the Bean and grab grab a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I have to. Yeah. Or uh, what's the famous steakhouse? Gibson's. Gibson's, mm-hmm. I think, is a famous steakhouse in Chicago. Go get a meal. i tell you what. That is a very high-end establishment and definitely uh, oh, yeah. one that Beth Stefano would go to. Oh, absolutely. Shout out, Mary Beth. Yeah, shout out. Um, so, Steve, how you feeling? You had a lot of long travel day today. I, I got to tell you, um, well, again, you're going from Pacific time to Eastern time, so the the day's actually shorter, so this this isn't as bad as going out, uh, yeah. where the day's getting it gets longer. That second flight from Dallas seemed like it just took forever, but uh, I gotta tell you, SoFi Stadium, the five billion dollars or whatever the hell they they spent on that thing. I mean, you literally it. I don't even know whether to call it a dome or an open air facility. I'm like, it's kind of it, it's, it's kind of like both. The the ends so, are open, almost like you. You know, you have those like all you can, you know, inclusive resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico. You just walk in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yeah. technically you're you're still outside, but you're underneath the thatched roof. It's kind of like the stadium version of that. And so the <coughs> I actually looked into this a little bit when they had that whole fiasco last Monday night when they had the, the, the uh, weather delay for lightning. When everybody was saying, why is there a weather delay? We're in a dome. You're technically not in a dome. Technically not. So actually... <coughs> The actual stadium and the roof are two separate structures. The actual stadium itself is not a dome. Mm. So, so this is almost so, like what they so were talking about the roof, doing at First Energy Stadium like six or seven years ago. The roof is not connected to the stadium. It's it's over top of it. it Got it. Yes. So the okay. so so I don't know if it's the it's, end zones or the side. Is it the end zones or the sides that are open, like the, that are open air? Uh, you know, like on the sides. If you go around the concourse, you're just underneath the the right. top bubble kind of and it, it's open right. on all sides now in terms of the stadium itself it's more open over top of the end zones yeah there's really because you got five decks yeah so supposedly the they sides. yeah supposedly they made them two two separate structures uh under the threat of earthquake out there i don't know why that, oh is that why they did yeah that? i don't know why i didn't read into it that much no, that supposedly makes that's that's the reasoning why they're it's two separate structures that really it's like a stadium sense. and a, it's a stadium and then like a giant awning over it mm-hmm. it's really it's really interesting um, i mean you really feel probably like part of the reason why it was five billion dollars to build when you are walking into this facility i mean the huge donut led video oh, yeah. board that it's probably over itself. top of the stadium, which if you're on like the third deck, you're looking straight at it. If you're down on the lower, you're looking up. Yeah. And if you're on the fifth deck, then you're looking down at it. Uh so their sight lines are good pretty much into that all the way up and down. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. They they really did a good job of engineering that. 
really you just feel like you are in some sort of a science fiction fantasy when you go in there everything is like shiny gleaming glitzy um all the signboards are electronic uh, you know some of the escalators like they even have moving walkways on some of the concourses like you see in an airport oh really uh, you know it's it's just i mean they so, spared no expense all right my question <laughs> my, my the question famous, is the I, famous jurassic park line yeah spared no expense spared no expense uh, my question to you is, are you saying it's a good stadium, or it sounds almost like you're not really super high on it? So, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that, because if you're a football... It looks, it looks beautiful when you see it on TV, but I don't know sense, how it is inside. If you're a football purist, you probably would not like this place. Okay. First okay. Energy Stadium and SoFi Stadium are very emblematic of the cities in which they come from mm. first energy stadium is an open-air stadium it doesn't matter if it's raining snowing it's very super windy, stripped down you know, to right like, off there's of nothing special about concrete it so they and like, the, yeah. right they make yeah. the elements part of the whole experience and well yeah. they made they made that stadium in a year and a half they rushed to get that stadium up once the browns were uh awarded the team again because right they had they didn't they weren't going to play another game in that uh old municipal stadium so they had to get that Brown Stadium up. So they didn't they didn't have time for like bells and whistles and stuff. They just need to get stands up, basically. That's just the way things happen around <coughs> here a lot of the time. You know, we just yeah. you know, hard work, we just get it done. Yep. Nothing I is mean, given, it, it everything fits, is earned. It fits the culture of the Browns. Like, yeah. You know, it's just We're gonna have a new state we're gonna have a new stadium in this new football stadium in this city in the next decade. Yeah. Conversely, SoFi Stadium is about everything what LA is about. It's mm. about big glitz, money, it's glamour. About glitz, it's about glamour, it's about <coughs> Perfect climate-controlled, you know, plastic, whatever you want to call it, where you know, <laughs> plastic what? Any little, any little, you know, plastic surgery, silicone in the wit, yeah. So because like every pass, every kick is not going to be impacted by yeah. a wind gust or right. anything. You know, it's it's just so if you are a football purist and if you like defense, more often than not, you're not you're not gonna like so. Although State. although don't tell Jamie Gill on that because he was probably hoping that there'd be a gust of wind. The way that guy <laughs> the way that guy's punting. I that's something I just can't explain. Yeah. Well, he's just not good. He hasn't been good for a year and a half. <laughs> You've been saying that for a year and a half now. He's not good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I said point. on the I said on the I said on the post game show, which you can go back and listen to uh, on our feed. I said, you know, we love the we love the character, we love the hair, the the beer drinking, the uh, hanging out in Tremont and all that stuff. I just need you to be able to punt, man. Like, I don't need all that extra crap. One thing to note about SoFi, right? I was gonna say real quick because I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. But um, <coughs> how was the food? I actually did not have the food in the stadium because we tailgated before the game. Gotcha. And then, hey. did you, but like when you were walking around, did you see like? local places or was it like chains or like the usual uh, stadium fake it was food? a mix of both there were okay. some places unique to la and then yeah i feel like every single stadium is like that now yeah i don't you're right i don't think there's any any stadium yeah. in any sport you that know, have like you could have no your avocado food. toast and yeah whatever probably for probably for 19 dollars uh yeah oh, not God, far from that imagine. actually i know Wait, you don't i know is you that don't, a joke is that that's not a joke they, they s- 99 well no no they actually sell avocado they toast sell avocado the st- toast for 14.99 very la uh, I know uh, you. I know. I know I'm you surprised, don't. Uh, I, I know surprised you, Tom Brady didn't go there in his free agency. I know you don't drink, but did you happen to catch the beer prices? Have to be. Uh, in the, they have to be they in the mid teens. Not right? outrageous. They were anywhere between. Well, by NFL standards, they were between eight and uh, ten. 
generally oh, speaking. Okay. Probably for a domestic. Probably, yeah, yeah, I was going to say probably for like right. a can or for, something. Yeah. Yeah. For something, you know, like for mixed drinks, it was more. But like, right. I'm sure I'm sure if they had any like craft beer there, it was probably more expensive. Probably like 15 I would guess. <laughs> yeah, something. But that's that's not, I mean, for normal, it's outrageous. But for like like stadiums and stuff that doesn't sound country, bad. that's yeah, not that's that much bad. different than it is here. I mean, you go to an Indians game, you're paying nine bucks for a tall Bud Light. Yeah. One interesting difference between, say, First Energy Stadium and SoFi Stadium. Yeah. We built our facility on prime real estate mm. right on Lake Erie. True. They stuck theirs in Inglewood, which, mm. you know, aside from Compton and Watts and a couple other areas on in South L.A., is it's not a very nice Rough neighborhood. Rough area. And part of the reason for that is obvious, you know, real estate. Yeah, they needed a lot of land for that, and real estate is <laughs> fairly cheap. You're not gonna, place. yeah, you're not gonna get enough land for that size stadium in downtown in LA, LA anywhere. No, oh, that's the other thing. Downtown yeah. LA is is so compact; it's like a European city. Almost. Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah you're not. It gonna, just doesn't yeah. exist. Right. Um. Hmm. So overall, how would you rate your experience there? Not, not, not including uh, obviously the Browns losing the game, which was. If we're uh, not including tragic. the game, I. Give it out. Of, I mean, give it out of ten. I can only. I give it a nine, just because. Oh wow! Just because okay. it is it is that great. The the, the fan experience is that the, the the sound and the acoustic. They really amped this thing up so acoustically, it is super super loud That's in cool. there. Like, like every that. time there's a third down or, or a big play in the game. Yeah, what do they do game, for th- What do they do for third down? They they have this like. Um, a giant Vandegraaff generator like okay. thing that where they like they turn the crank and, and you know electricity bolts pop out siren and, and then they do the siren for yeah. it's third ah. you know it's that that's actually pretty neat the public address announcer actually did a really good job mm. if you, I don't know if you noticed this on on TV but whenever the Browns made a good play he actually would say nothing <laughs> at all like every time the Browns got a touchdown he would just not say anything and then like you know Chargers run it they get a two yard gain he'll be like Austin Eckler breaking tackles. And, you know, it just, I mean, he tried so hard, and yeah. ultimately it came off, but mostly because they ended the play. I mean, it's no Jeff Shreve, but there's no there's no one. It's Yeah, the Browns PA announcer. Oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Great guy. He he used to be the who Jeff Shreve. Is? Well, he he's not a Cleveland sports How long fan. Have you been living here? Oh, it doesn't matter, dude. Oh. I, I I wouldn't know. So that. so he <laughs> used not... to. That's so not a name I would know. So he used to do. Uh, he used to be the Cavs PA announcer before LeBron came the first time. He was the Cavs PA announcer in the okay. '90s and the early 2000s. So going way back. Okay. He always does like all the MAC tournament and stuff, like at the at at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. PA announcer for the Akron Zips. And he and he does well. he does the Browns oh. games. Okay. So, okay. So if you've been to Brown, like you've been to Brown Stadium a couple times over the last couple years, the the guy that's on the PA, like says like first down Browns and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that's him. That's who we're talking about. Okay, so he used to be he used to do the Cavs. Uh, so he he was my favorite guy to do the Cavs because anytime anybody in the Cavs would uh, would make a three three, <laughs> I love impersonating him. One of my favorites. All right, sorry about that. Uh, we actually had a change of plans mid episode. Uh, Jordan got a text message had a family emergency. Nothing nothing bad. It's just uh, his parents are flying into town flying back into town and uh didn't have a ride home from the airport so jordan had to had to no pun intended jet to the airport to uh pick them up so steve is with me though we're gonna finish out the episode here and uh we were just uh what, finishing Hopkins, up the, the hot spot of the night tonight i like, guess I get, man tuesday night you and then yeah like, i don't know man 
Everybody's <laughs> flying into Cleveland tonight. Yeah. So anyway, you gave your experience at SoFi a nine. Um, is there anything about that stadium that you think could be better? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's always something that could be there's better. There's not but. a lot, but it's just it. I only give it nine and not ten, just because. Maybe if the maybe if the Browns were one and zero at that stadium. Maybe. Uh, I I just feel like there's it's just a little too too perfect and pristine in terms of the the playing conditions. Yeah. You know, did they really have to make it a turf field? I mean, that's 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 what yeah. most of my gripe is. Like, how come they couldn't put grass? Like, is the the cover over the stadium such that they that the sun just doesn't come in? Like, I, or well, how come they couldn't have a retractable field like they do in Arizona? Yeah, I I feel I, like- I, th- I wonder I wonder if and uh, they're actually they're actually one of our one of our uh, clients, so um, we supply them their field paint for their fields. I, I wonder if it's because they have two teams playing in that stadium, so every single week there's a game there. And I wonder if the maintenance on a grass on a natural grass field uh, is a little too much. Now they have that is they, definitely a good point. Now they have perfect like like so like the Meadowlands, and obviously they ha- they don't have great weather there most of the, most of the season. So, but they have two teams that play there. So having a turf field there, Arizona, like you were saying, how they kind of roll the field in and all that. Mm. It's just one team, so you know they could go two three weeks without having a game there. Yeah. But so I I don't know if that's the reason I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of these stadiums are doing the whole the whole uh, pitch roll in thing or the field roll in thing where they have it outside the stadium if it's a domed stadium and they roll it in with all the new technology. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I yeah. would get I would guess that's probably the main answer is the fact that there's two during the football stadium. Yeah, during the football se- st- uh, during the football season, there's always a game being played there, 16 weeks in a row. In a basically. sense, in a sense, we do see it in some places, most notably Pittsburgh, where you have right. the Pitt Panthers playing college games, yeah. and then the Steelers playing the next day. And, and then they and, and then they also do the high ste- school. They also do high school playoffs there. I think. So like in November, so their, their field is just Friday, Sat, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's a game on that field every day during that three day stretch. Yeah. Some weekends. If the Steelers and Pitt are both playing at home on the same weekend, so I don't know why Pitt doesn't doesn't have their own stadium like on campus or anything. Like that. I can't I don't answer that, that either. I mean, I guess I don't like. It. I I mean, I would assume if if Cleveland State had a football team, they'd probably play their games at Brown Stadium. Probably. I mean, the right. So on I, the I mean, I mean, I guess like you know, it's a it's a sort of major metropolitan city like. And the you know the campus is Pitt right in there. It's so further away geographically from right. Heinz Field than Cleveland State is from First Energy Stadium. But right. you know, I'm not a big proponent <coughs> of college teams ever playing in NFL stadiums. Quite frankly, only you if know, it only if it's like a neutral site game, like USF playing at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Yeah, I don't that like makes it. no yeah. sense. University of Miami when they tore down the Orange Bowl, them not building an on-campus facility there. That made no sense, especially because they truck out twenty miles to Miami Gardens. Yeah, the USF thing is weird because, like, obviously they play, like you said, Raymond James. That's home of the Buccaneers. The seats in that stadium are red. USF is green. Yeah, like, and USF is never going to sell that stadium out. So you just have red. You just have pockets of red everywhere. Yeah, just it looks just terrible. Look, it, that that I mean, that would be similar to if if Cleveland State had a football team and played at Brown Stadium. That, obviously, Cleveland green State would never orange. fill. Yeah. Cleveland State would never fill uh, First Energy Stadium. No. So you'd see orange everywhere. That's why it was but. okay whenever Bowling Green would play in Cleveland. Absolutely. Same colors. Hey, that's where that's where uh, the Browns got their colors. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, 
couple of the other topics we had that we wanted to go to. Obviously, we want to hit um, the baseball playoffs. Um, yeah, we teased that one a little bit earlier on tonight. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Most notably with Houston just completely destroying oh, before, the White Sox today. Before, before we get away from uh, the Browns game, obviously I covered most of it on, on the postgame show. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yet. but um, Well, you had a lot of things to get off your chest. That was a – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was not happy, and I I wasn't I wasn't sure the re, the react actually has been um, surprising to me because I kind of went off on Kevin Stefanski, and I thought a lot of people would be like, "Wait, what? What do you mean? It was the defense. We give we give up thirty we give up what we have thirty four points in the second half, twenty six points in the fourth quarter, and you're gonna blame the head coach? Yeah, I'm gonna blame the head coach because the the I don't know if you heard this part. I went off on on the the drive. I think we I got know the ball exactly back. which one you're talking about. When when they got the ball back after we, we were after up 40, the Chargers had missed the extra point and made it 42-41. 42-41. We get the ball back. Three minutes left. If you get two timeouts, first downs, you, you the salt game. the game away. And you had been running it down their throat the entire game, especially in the second half. Nick Chubb could not have been stopped. And you don't even have, a, have him on the field in that drive. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. I, I didn't disagree with the, the call on first down. They ran it. They only got a yard. Okay. Yeah. Second down didn't make a lot of sense. Now, I don't think the plan was to throw deep on that play. Baker was looking out to the right. He was clearly looking for a shorter throw. It wasn't there. Yeah. He reset. He looked back to the left before throwing deep. Um, call it maybe questionable play design on the second down call, but like I think the fact that they passed on second down was predicated on the fact that it was second and nine. They were probably hoping yeah. to get more yards on first down. My thing my thing is if, you, if you're going into that drive, like Kevin Stefanski goes into that drive, and he's like, okay, I either I feel okay putting it in the air or I don't feel good putting it in the air as far as like passing goes. Mm. He he made that decision before the first down play. So me to, for me I'm if, if you're willing to throw it on second down, why don't you just throw it on first down? Because the way we're running yeah, because the way we're you running can make that case. The way we're running we were running the football. If you throw on first down and you throw it's uh incomplete. Second and third down, the way we were running the ball, if you run the ball on second down, you're probably now now yeah, okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty. On first down, we only picked up one yard. But and if Nick Chubb is in the game and you throw on first down incomplete at second and ten, you run on second down, what is, what's the probability that he's not getting at least five yards? I think that's the biggest complaint. I think that's a very valid complaint because how often in games do we see Chubb first, second quarter? Eh, he's not yeah. really doing a whole heck of a lot, but yeah. Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter is almost unstoppable. Most he's of the, the best time. running back in football in the fourth quarter. He only had over two hundred yards in the game. Yeah, like yeah. Why is he not on the field? That's and another thing that and, and I get it. Like uh, the Chargers started scoring at will in the second half, so the Browns put the ball more, put the ball in the air more in the second half than they did in the first half. But with the way he was running the football, Nick Chubb had fifteen carries in the first half. He had six in the second half. Why? One of them was a 52-yard touchdown run that put us up two touchdowns, and then you just no. I like like this, and this isn't anything against Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt is fantastic. He's he's great. If if we didn't have Nick Chubb, he'd be our feature back, and he would be a top five running back in the league. But what I'm saying is the flow of the game and the way the game was going. Nick Chubb was not stopped on almost any carry he had in that game. No. Not one. They Maybe couldn't not, stop him. 
I mean, maybe not since the first quarter. Two weeks ago, when we were playing the Bears, they're a very good uh, run defense. They stopped Nick, stopped Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt went off. And he had the 30-yard run to salt the game away against whatever. Mm. My point is, Nick Chubb was the guy. Like, you have a two-headed monster. You ride the hot hand. It's the fourth quarter. It's not like the first or the second quarter where you don't where where they have you know alternating drives in the first half uh, because they don't want to wear anybody out and they want the guys fresh in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter and especially with three minutes left when you have the lead and you have a chance to salt the game away is money time and you get your money. Nick Chubb is our best player on offense. How is he not on the field in the most important drive of the game? And I would I would even go so far as to say that the last two drives were bad. You know, you could oh, say, yeah. so you come out, you got a minute and 30 left, which after the Browns very smartly decided to drag Austin Eckler into the end zone. Yeah, that to, was funny. To, which ultimately gave the Chargers the lead. Why did the Chargers not just take a knee? I don't know. I That I, was so I, weird. I, I do not know. I thought, I thought when, when Austin Eckler uh, busted that run. Maybe and they slipped. were okay with if they got the touchdown, all right, fine. I don't you know, think so. Maybe they were thinking, okay, we might get the two-point conversion. We might be up by seven anyway. But Yeah, I don't think so because but obviously they didn't want the touchdown because Austin Eckler on the play before slid, on slid down line. at the two-yard line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was smart on his part because at that point when he slid down. Oh, on the sideline. Yes. Yeah, when he slid down, I'm like, I'm like the game's over. They're just going to kneel the ball and kick a 20-yard field goal at, at, uh, at the end of regulation and went by two. Yeah. That but, was clearly their plan. But smartly, the Browns' defense, they sacrificed the touchdown so that they could end up getting the ball back down five. But the biggest complaint I have with the last drive is that the fact that the Browns threw short. You throw short on first down, okay. <coughs> Screen game had been working most of the game. I sort of get that. But it didn't result in a big game. Second down, they threw short again to the point where you didn't even get the first down. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Down, I'll tell you why. Which that forced they were... them to go short again on third down just to make sure that they got a new set of downs. But by then, you were out 45, 50 seconds. Yeah. I'll it... tell you why they threw short. We were down both of our starting tackles at that point. Uh, our starting left tackle didn't play, and then uh, Jack Conklin got hurt about midway through the game. Yeah. I don't think uh, Stefanski trusted our offensive line to hold up. Uh, for deep deep routes, and then I don't think he wanted to get our already hurting uh, starting quarterback destroyed by holding the ball back there, waiting for routes to get developed down the field. I, I get it. Like, doing what we did probably wasn't going to result in a touchdown, but, I mean, Baker Mayfield takes another bad shot on that shoulder, and our season's over. Ooh. So it's almost like you're being pragmatic. Okay, so this brings me to my next point. The Browns are being pragmatic here because they don't want to get Baker killed or, for whatever reason, them not throwing deep early on those drives, which, I mean, it, it does make sense. But it's almost like you're almost conceding the game, yeah. barring a miracle when that happens. So the reason the Chargers won this game, you go back to when the, when the Browns had just gone up 27-13 to 13 on that long is, touchdown Is it run. because the refs don't know what uh, pass interference is? I'm getting to that. Now, that is indef- – well, let me talk about that for a second. That is absolutely indefensible, that call. First of all, the receiver tugged on the defender's shirt, not the other way around. Right. If anything, that should have been an offensive pre- pass interference call, which right. would have been declined. It would have been Brown's ball because it was fourth down. Yeah, absolutely. I almost lost my voice. On, on that on that particular play. That was ridiculous. Yep. Period. Horrible. 
I I mean it was a horrible call and and, and it, you know the guys at Barstool were very uh, quick to point out because yeah. they they lost well, the bet <laughs> they had money <laughs> on the game. because of that yeah. game, that call right Barstool there. is a sports gambling company now they have they, they, terrible I think I think Mr Portnoy had a lot of money on that game and that at that point it was twenty seven to thirteen Browns would have gotten the ball back and it, and the way that like I said the way that they were running the football and the way their offense was humming in the, in the start of the second half. More than likely, they're going up by three scores. I think it was actually that that happened later. I, I remember it being a seven point game when that call happened. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Because the drive I'm thinking of, so it's twenty seven to thirteen. Oh, I'm thinking of the other one because there was actually two blown pass interference calls on the Browns. I didn't think. Okay, the first one I didn't think was as egregious. Well, no, you, the second one was like the most. One, the second one is up there with with the Saints and the and the Vikings. I mean, in the playoffs yeah. a few years ago. If we had the ability to challenge it, it probably would have been overturned. It would have been Brown's ball, it would yeah. have, and we would be talking about a victory, not a, not a loss here. Yeah. But g- getting back to what I was getting to. Or Saints and the Rams, I'm sorry, not the Vikings. 27-13, you just had the Chubb long touchdown run, yeah. and you've now put the Chargers in a situation <sighs> oh, where it's, I know where it's fourth yep. and two, and yep. they're on their own side of the field. At the, no, they're not at their, not they're not even on their own side of the field. They're almost inside their own inside, twenty yard line. They're inside their own thirty five. They were at the twenty four, I think. Oh right, because they didn't get a touchdown on that or a touchback. They they actually ran it out. They got tackled at the fifteen. Yeah. So in the NFL of yesteryear, ninety nine percent of the time team would be punting in this situation. Yeah. And even in the NFL of now, except for that except for a that, lot of teams would have punted. Except for that one time Bill Belichick did that in Indianapolis and it blew up in his face. Chargers made a decision right then and there that they were not punting the rest of the game. That they were just going to go balls out completely. Yeah. They converted that fourth down and then another fourth down <sighs> later on that drive. And then oh by the way, even when it didn't make mathematical sense, they decided to go for two just for the hell of it. And and they got it. So they on that drive they laid down the challenge. They said we are we're taking no prisoners, and this is this is a fight to the death. And I did get the feeling that even in the third and fourth quarter, the Browns were being, I mean, they were being a little more pragmatic. They they were not that they weren't trying. Believe me, they were. Right. And a lot of things they were doing offensively, pretty much everything was working until the final two drives. Yeah. But you could just feel like they. They wanted to win, but they wanted to win in such a way where they didn't want to get anybody else hurt. They had already had Denzel Ward go out of the game. They already had— Well, half uh, our team got hurt you know, in that game. Freaking uh, MJ Stewart went out. Uh, so did Gre- Greedy, Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams went out. Greedy, man, that guy, I, that guy, you know, we said a lot a lot of things. And, and when as I say we, I mean, me, we as a fan base, not just us two. We said a lot of things about that guy last year when he missed that entire injury with with what seemed like a pinched nerve in his shoulder. I did. I'm never challenging that guy's toughness again. That guy had to come off injured like four times in that game, and he stayed and he came back every single time. He actually re-injured the same shoulder injury. You could see him on the side when he was down on the ground. They were looking at him. He was he was uh, clenching his fist to see if he had feeling in his arm because he probably lost feeling in his arm for for a couple seconds. But oh, the sure. guy kept coming into the and and. And I'll say this: I really love Greg Newsom. The last two games, Greedy Williams has been awesome. Yes, he has been fantastic. I can't say the same about uh, my my Buckeye friend on the other side and Denzel Ward. I talked about him on the post game show. Do I think he's bad? No. I I really lament the fact that that guy just cannot stay healthy. He yeah. just can't do it. 
and I'm not giving uh, I'm not giving him 80 million dollars over four years as a as a as a uh, lockdown cornerback contract extension if the dude can't stay healthy. He's missed like four games every single season he's been in the league. Yeah. And he went out with a neck injury, and a neck injury is scary. I don't know. I don't know the severity of it. Who knows if he's going to come back and play scary. this week? Yeah, because you're talking about you know your nervous system. Yeah. Effectively. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we lost so many guys to injury in the game. We lost so many court. Like Troy Hill went went out. He came back in. Greedy Williams went out. It seemed like four times he came back in. Denzel Ward went out in the first quarter. He didn't come back in. We were down to like and and Greg Newsom was out already. He didn't even play. We were down to like our fifth and sixth cornerbacks. It just makes you wonder if the Browns the way the only way they can beat a good team right now is to just simply outscore them. Yeah. I mean, we had two such games, well, the two losses against Kansas City and against uh, the Chargers were games where, you know, Baker Mayfield was playing good. The running game was doing great. Uh, if we could have just gotten one or two more stops or, in the case of the Kansas City game, not made mistakes on special teams, you know, we we would have won that game. That's the, that's the other thing. The Browns did not beat themselves in this game. No. They absolutely did not. They did not turn the ball over one nope. time. They, they didn't make dumb errors nope. in, in any sense. I mean, you could say Gillen didn't have a great game punting the ball. But, God, he sucks. But, how is he still our punter? I, I don't know. I, how are we not bringing punters in on a, on, on the team's off day for trial? Maybe they did, and they're just not saying anything. But this isn't this isn't the first time that this guy has not gotten the job done. He hasn't been good for a – he's been our punter for like – Three years. The last year and a half, he's been flat out bad. Bad. He was bad last year, and it hasn't gotten any better. No, it hasn't. He dropped a snap in Kansas City. More or less, I mean, game coster. You know? Oh. And then and then and then he doesn't know the rules. He didn't know that he could still pick it up and punt the ball. He tried to run for a first down. It was like fourth and fifteen on that play. Yeah. And he's trying to run for it. God almighty, you're going to get I'm gonna burst a blood vessel talking about a freaking punter. <laughs> I mean, let me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this by you. I thought of this after I was done doing the postgame show. Mm-hmm. Was there any thought in your mind of going for it on fourth and I think it was six on that, that penultimate drive where uh, we ended up punting? And Yes, absolutely. Absolutely there was. And obviously this is hindsight, but – at that point, with all the injuries we had had accumulated on defense, I I didn't think there was I, – I said this. I was watching the game with my brothers and my dad. I said, if we punt this ball, we're going to lose. Yeah, well, you were not but, wrong. But at that, but, but at that point, it, it didn't dawn on me like, hey, we should go for it. Like, it was, it was me like – this was like before third down. I'm like, if we don't pick up this first down, we're going to lose. And this okay. is before they ran the ball, and then I lost my damn mind. They ran the ball in third and ten. See, that's that's the difference in mentality between the two teams. The Chargers in that same situation would have gone for it because they had gone for it four different times already in the game. The Browns just didn't seem to have that same killer instinct to just you know stick the knife in their opponent like like L.A. did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you talk about Stefanski being reckless in some games. The Chargers were well, beyond reckless to the point of almost suicide. Yeah, this was this this was <laughs> this was the analytical football game because these are two of the most a- analytically driven uh, football teams in the entire league. The Chargers just simply don't punt; they just don't do it. Like 
and they don't kick field goals either. Like, ever. Well, now that I get because their kicker is awful. <laughs> he well, two extra points. He's not the only one. We'll go, I'm gonna, I want to get into this next. Kicking has become an epidemic in the NFL. And we, it's... we saw this coming, too, from year, for years. When we were in college and, and the years immediately following, were there a lot of great college kickers? That since, no. That Cincinnati Green Bay game. I don't know if you saw the highlights before the Browns game. No, I, there I had to be there had to be a combination. There had to be a combination of like it, between the fourth corner and overtime, seven missed kicks. Oh my god! <laughs> Mason Cros, listen to this. Mason Crosby missed three potential game-winning field goals in the final four minutes of that game. It's unbelievable. I mean, I was in an area where I could not get any cell coverage at all. And then, and during then, during the one o'clock window, so I and, wouldn't see any of this. And then the Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals win the toss for overtime. First play of overtime, Joe Burrow throws an interception. It gets returned to like the fifteen yard line. The Packers, who have Aaron freaking Rodgers as their quarterback, their kicker had just missed three field goals to end regulation. They sit on the ball three or two times, bring the kicker out on third down, and he missed. <laughs> he missed a fourth time. A fourth time. And at that point, I'm like, oh, great. Now we're going to get screwed because now the Bengals are just going to drive down the field, and they're going to kick a field goal. Listen to this. They drive down the field. They, they get into the field goal range. They kick it. The kicker starts celebrating because he thinks he, he, hit, he thinks it went over the upright. But in reality, it hit the flag on the outside of the upright, and it was no good. He's jumping around like he just won the game, and the refs are going like this. <laughs> it was un unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. I mean, this was really the only good thing that happened this NFL weekend. And, and here's how this game ended: Mason Crosby hit a 50-yard field goal to end the game. Oh, <laughs> of course. The equivalent of the receiver making the incredible 360 toe tap catch along the sideline and then, you know, missing the easy one over the middle. Oh, my God. Pretty much described Odell Beckham's day. Oh, God. Which, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about Stefanski going for it in the red zone on fourth down again. Uh, that that at, at the that, fourth and two, I had no problem with it. They they decided to go for it. They ran a good play. One guy just yeah, didn't catch that, the damn pass. Right, and, and the thing that, that yeah, exactly, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't have a you or me could have caught. I don't have a yeah, I don't I don't have a problem I don't have a problem going for that because I knew that that I knew that uh, this is going to be a game where uh, I, I I knew that the the scoring was going to be high. Um, in this game. So I knew field goals weren't going to cut it. When you're playing the Bears at home or the Texans at home, kick the field goal because the Bear the Bears might not score three points all game. And quick sidebar, the Bears were apparently not who we thought they were. They've they've well, won the last two games. Well you or I could have won that game against the Raiders at with what with all they had going on. We didn't on. know what was going on in that locker room. We knew prior some to that of it. Game. We knew some of it. We didn't know that the rest of it that was going to come out. Oh my oh. god. Do you find it kind of funny that the in that whole Washington football team investigation about their conduct on and off the field, the only casualty of that so far is the head coach on the Raiders? Oh, I don't find it funny. I think there's something screwy going on. There's something there's something messed up going on. There was uh, uh, attorneys from 40 former Washington football team employees who had filed suits against the team for uh, the culture. Um, 
that they 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 all issued a joint statement today, basically, and you, you didn't know this. You were traveling all day, mm-hmm. um, basically saying what you just said. How come that the only thing that's come to light is about a coach that never coached for our team? You know, like right. what, like what are they, what are they hiding? What is going on? Like when is when is the actual investigate? Like when is that stuff going to come out? And who was the coach of the of the Washington football team? All this was going well, on. his brother, his brother Jay. Yeah, apple doesn't fall far from the tree, yeah. does it? No. So, yeah, I. Yeah, I thought there was a. Do you think Kevin Stefanski uh, is getting tight at the end of games? Like he's he's coaching like he's like he's almost like he's coaching not he's coaching not to lose. I don't I don't think that's what happened here. I I think that as much as I hate to say it, I think the Chargers just wanted it more and they were better in 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 crunch time. I don't think this was a tr- I thought the Kansas City game was much more of a choke job in the end than than this game was. Yeah, um and we're going to find out next if we get into a, a, another one of these close end game situations against Arizona this upcoming week. If it's the same result, then you might be able to start making that claim. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. I think that what we just tried to do offensively at the very, it had been working all day and we just ran out of I don't know. We just didn't we just didn't execute in the late part of the game. Yeah, um probably should have gone for it on the fourth down. Uh, you I know, think if it was closer, they would have. If maybe it was not fourth and yeah. six. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but like I said, like it would have, it would have almost given us more time because that punt from Jamie Gillen sucked. But right, they, you gave a midfield. <sighs> that was yes, you gave a midfield. You just off knew. Of that punt. You just knew that if we if we if we would have been better to just give him the twenty five. Right, right. If we if 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 we if we punted that ball it's like i i i knew we were gonna i given the way that second half went in what universe did you think that you were gonna stop them from scoring really your only shot was like a miles garrett strip sack or you know something like that right but but jadevian Clowney got ruled out of that game right before the game started and you know he did get a sack he had a he had a nice uh pass breakup but he was getting double teamed and chipped and all that the whole game because yep. you didn't have to worry about like like Tack McKinley has been good for us this year but he's been good in situational pass rushing he's not a guy that is going to be productive for you if he has to play every single down no so not having Jadevian Clowney really hurt yeah and that's another one of the injuries you know we talked about the secondary he was out Malik McDowell got hurt two or three times during the game. He's another warrior. He kept coming back in. Um, you know, who else? I mean, Miles Garrett even got hurt at the end of the game. He tweaked his knee. He came back in, but he had to come out for a couple plays. It's just, you know, it's just, I, I guess in the end you could say just because of the injuries on defense, I, I guess it just wasn't meant to be for us to win that game. But, but man, with, even with all those injuries, even with those botched pass interference calls, even with all that stuff, we still had the ball with the lead with three minutes to go with a chance to not give them the ball back. And you didn't have your best player on the field. That's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Mind-blowing. It's pretty much indefensible, really. I, 
and, and if and if your and if your answer was, oh, Nick Chubb's not a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield, then why didn't you throw the ball on first down, second down, and third down? I hate to interrupt this discussion because this is like, you know, we're getting to do Brown's post game on Tuesday now Basically. that Jordan's not here. Uh, the update right now, um, one of my aunts and my parents are in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They've been delayed 45 more minutes, something about a cargo hold problem on the plane. Oh, my God. So they're getting a little dangerous. It's now 1014 Eastern. They're, it's getting a little dangerous as to whether they'll even get out. And then my cousins have not left Denver. Oh, my God. And it is sleeting in Denver. Oh, no. <laughs> So they're probably not getting out of Denver. Yeah, they might as well just get a hotel room. <laughs> wow. Is that Mikey and Danny? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, wow. Anyway. Uh, who's Who do you think's more pissed off right now with your parents? Is it your mom or your dad? Um, I don't know. Prob- Actually, in this situation, it's probably my dad. Yeah. Because, you know, normally my mother would be the first to, to lose her cool in a situation like this. Yeah. But having... Her having worked in the airline industry prior to her time with the Cavaliers, she sort probably, she, she sort of gets it and probably a little more with yeah she's probably, a little, probably a little more understanding. Whereas Michael's like cargo hold point. He was actually a bag handler at Philadelphia Airport. Oh really? When my mother was based in Boston as a flight attendant, that's how they met. They met in Philadelphia at oh. Philadelphia International Airport. You mean they didn't they didn't meet on that game show? <laughs> they didn't meet on the game show. No, if they would have met on the game show, like. When when Martindale asked my dad, like, are you going to go marry that, that woman from Boston? And he said, like, yeah. eh, I'll think about it. You know, yeah. She, she would have been gone right then. <laughs> isn't that isn't that clip on YouTube somewhere? Yes, it is. I need that was to, on Tic Tac Doe. I need to get you to send me that clip because <laughs> I need to get that. And I want to post that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to post that on our social media account because okay. we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, all right. right. We're, yeah, okay. That is hilarious. I, I, will, I will send that to you. Oh, yes. my gosh. Guys, you're – when this gets posted on Living Off the Lands page, you are gonna you are gonna be laughing your butts off. Oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, we lament that uh, the game. Uh, I'm so okay. Three and two. Yeah, you know, tough game. Tough. I- I'll say this: if the Browns win on Sunday, they might go on a six-seven game winning streak. I was just going to say, because you got a lot of guys out on defense right now, and defending Kyler Murray in the Arizona offense isn't going to be easy. No. But let's say you have another great performance on offense. You win the game like 42-35 or 35-31, something like that. It's going to get a lot easier after that because the teams you're playing against, I mean, they're not terrible teams, but there are a lot of teams that just don't have good offenses. Teams like Denver, Pittsburgh, Ah, New England. Wait, what was that second team? Oh, Denver? No, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so you might be okay against those teams. Yeah, and then and then after that, uh, we've got like three like really easy games after that. I can't remember who. Well, Lions it, is one of them. Lions, Patriots, uh, Patriots is um, which I guess I, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether I game in there. Well, you might play. I think Cincinnati is in there one of those times. But again, I don't think any of us are really impressed with them. No. Yeah, that, many that, times as Green Bay tried to give that game away, you know the Bengals clearly didn't want to take it. So yeah, I mean the, you were you were always the one last year though saying that the Bengals would give the, give the game away 
at any cost last year. Every yeah, single week. that's exactly what they did. That's what they did yesterday. Yeah. The only reason the the reason why that they have a couple wins is because they played the same Minnesota team that we did. That's trash. They played the Jags, who are trash. Who, and who are, are one of the few teams that will give away a game better than they will. Yeah. And then the third, who was their who was their second win? I can't remember. Vikings. Oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. They've beaten yeah. Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Yeah. Um. So. For them, the Pittsburgh win is a big win because they, you know, they hardly ever beat Pittsburgh, although they did last year. Um, yeah. So really, it, it does boil down to if you're just able to get by this week, the four and two. Oh, and by the way, thanks a lot, NFL, for finding another way to <coughs> screw over Cleveland. Seventeenth game, miscellaneous opponent out of nowhere. They just pick Arizona out of a hat, and they happen to be the only team that's unbeaten. Well, I can't blame the NFL for that. <laughs> who, who in their right mind would think that that Arizona would be five and zero? Oh? Oh, I didn't. No. I didn't either, and I said on the postgame show, hand up. I didn't think the Arizona Cardinals would be any good because I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is any good. And I wasn't a believer in Kyler Murray, but he's he's right there in the running for MVP right now. I mean, I, I have to admit it. I mean, you look at him, Dak, and Brady, probably the top three. Right now? Yeah. MVP, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott's my choice right now. Oh, but he's, you could he's easily been go sen- with Kyler Murray. He's been absolutely sensational. Sensational. Um but yeah, back to the original point. If you just get through this week, the next five games you play, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, New England, and Detroit, those are some bad offenses. Yeah. So the defense might have some time to recover, get some guys healthy and get right. You know, we're 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 three and two. Before you have that doubleheader against the Ravens uh, around Thanksgiving time. We're three and two and I will say, you know, Kansas City doesn't look very good right now, but they're still the two-time defending AFC champions. Our losses are to the two-time defending AFC champions and the team right now that seems like they're playing better than anybody in the AFC, aside from maybe uh, Buffalo, who go F themselves. <laughs> and now Indianapolis can go F themselves. Uh, yeah, up 25-9 to nine late in the game and lost. Are you kidding me? I, I, granted, they probably shouldn't have been in that situation, but, like, I mean, you would have thought, based on what was going on in the two games, that the Bengals will have won their game and the Ravens will have lost theirs. You know, Baltimore is 4-1, and one, and it feels like they're closer to 1-4 than they are 4-1. and one. They pulled the way back that, a late comeback against Kansas City in The way two. that they're winning these Same games. Same thing against City. They are playing with some real fire, yes. Are they eventually going to get nabbed by it? Hopefully. But it's just, it sucks to see them continually come back and win these games. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um. Yeah, the Brown. That's why. That's why. Man, this the game on Sunday stung. We could be four and one. We could, you know, the Browns. They could have if they had won on Sunday. They could afford to lose to the Cardinals, and then like the same thing. You could run off four or five wins in a row, and you'd be looking at being seven or eight and two, and you're probably at the top of the division at that point. The worry here now, is- if we lose to the if we lose the Cardinals, we're three and three, and we're as fans, we're kind of not not panicking, but we're we're concerned. I mean, you say, like, well, okay, who are the three losses to? But, well, right. Yeah, this one would hurt more because it's a home, I feel like. Oh, yeah. You know, compared to away. But, um, I mean, if you look at this rather critically, yeah, if you if you fall to 3-3, three and three, hopefully, at the very least, you don't have a whole bunch of people injured in this game because you got to turn around and play again in four days against Denver. Yeah, that's another thing. So It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, Jarvis is eligible to come off the IR uh, this week. I don't know if he's going to do that. I think you're looking at the Denver game. 
or they might hold him out until the Pittsburgh game. But uh, I could see them bringing him back in the Denver game because once you get by the Denver game, you kind of have an extent, like a, like almost like a mini buy. So if he gets he gets back in the Denver game, kind of knocks some of the rust off, and then you have uh, more time to kind of recover. Um, they really that they really miss Jarvis. They do. They I mean, certainly missed him on that fourth down, that fourth oh, and two. That that's probably his route. You know, Jar uh Odell's probably on the outside on that route. Yeah. And if Baker Baker throws that ball the way he did Jarvis, he's not dropping that I pass. really don't mean and this is not me like trying to pile on Odell or like bring up the whole oh Baker and Odell are not good together thing. Yeah. I, I it doesn't matter whether it was DPJ or Schwartz or uh Vince Papali on the field. <laughs> You gotta catch that. Oh, ball, absolutely. Period. Or you or That's me. The, it's the easiest route to. It's the easiest ball to catch. You're looking back at the quarterback. You're in the middle of the field. Yep. So you're only. I mean, he couldn't have been more than ten yards of the crow fly away from him. Yeah. Yeah. It was that just annoying. And Baker put it right that on annoyed, him. That annoys the hell out of Baker me. Baker put it right on. He didn't throw it behind him. You know, he didn't have to catch it on his hip. He. It wasn't. He wasn't like reaching way out to catch it. It was right there. Right. If if it was a bad pass, that'd be one thing. But it was yeah. not. No. It was, it was a perfect ball. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, tough loss, but you know we'll get over. It's the NFL. What do you th- What do you think is going to happen next week? Uh, it depends. It depends on is Jack Conklin going to be back. I don't know if Jed Wills is going to be back. Um, on the defensive side, it depends. If 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 we come back and we're relative, like if, if a lot of these uh, injuries that we had during the game on against the Chargers, if they're just nicks and bruises, and the guys are able to come back this week, I think we're going to be all right, and I think we can win the game. Um. If we have all those guys out on defense, I, oh, we're looking at getting forty scored on us again. Honestly, the Cardinals' offense is humming right now, almost almost as good as the Chargers' offense. So, being at home will be an advantage, but that game scares me. So, oh, it should. If we're healthy, I think we can win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we will because I don't know. I'd have to go back. I don't think we've lost back to back games under Kevin Stefanski in the year plus he's been the head coach I don't think so did we lose the week before we played the Jets when we had like our whole no, wide receiver no. position group out that was the game so we played in the Meadowlands two straight weeks we played the Giants oh, and then beat, the Jets we beat the Giants beat the Giants 20 to 6 okay so yeah we, we did not lose consecutive games at any no. point last season no so uh I think I think they know how to bounce back after a loss I think they know how to play better so, I don't know. I, I'm I'm up in the air about this game. I'm going to be real succinct here. The Arizona Cardinals are undefeated. Are they getting fluffed? They're not going to be undefeated after some. Love it. Period. Love it. Browns are going to And you know what? I think they are going to get some humble pie served to them. Ooh. I, you know, call me. Maybe I'm just all in on the, you know, being the method actor on this. You know, me hating Arizona, but, like, I really think this is going to be like the Browns are not going to be stopped offensively all day. That's that's my thought. I like it. Why is it just not- for the record? I had the I actually had the Chargers in the points this past week, so I actually didn't think the Browns would win this game. But whatever. Yeah. Well, they're on target. I mean, I had them thirteen and four at the start of the season. I had them three and two at this point. So. Yeah, they're right there where you thought they'd be. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, before we get on out of here, um, the baseball playoffs are going on right now. Yes. And 
Jordan got out of here, but we did mention that the Astros uh, spanked the White Sox today. They are advancing to the ALCS to take on the Boston Red Sox, and to me, a shocking victory over the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS. I did not see that coming. I thought the Rays were gonna were gonna beat the the Red Sox. Yeah, that would have been conventional wisdom, for sure. The Rays are are very hit or miss in the playoffs. It seems like they either go to the World Series or they lose in the first round. Yeah. Um. Um. And then in the, the NL side of things. So you're going to have Astros-Red Sox, which, bull. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm rooting for the NL to win the, uh, the, the World the, Series The again. battle of the pompous against the cheaters. The cheaters. Basically. Yeah. They will always be cheaters. Um, the NL saw the Atlanta Braves advance to the NLCS this afternoon. Uh, and then is... Later game, tonight, you've... Uh, well, is it game right four? Now, game four between the Giants and the Dodgers. What's... Is that... What's... Is that 2-1 Giants or 2-1 Dodgers? That's 2-1 the Giants right 2-1 now. the Giants. So, the Giants are looking to advance to the uh, NLCS, uh, which would make it Giants-Braves, which the would Gi- be an interesting series. Which, actually, interesting point. The sports mood in L.A. today, or yesterday, well, yeah, to this morning, was actually kind of subdued. Like, it's just not – it's been well documented that L.A. is not a great football town. Yeah. But one it's team, a, it, it's a the great two teams baseball. they consistently support yes. in L.A., one is the Lakers and the other is the Dodgers. The Dodgers, yeah. So the Dodgers losing game three has had some people on edge there. Uh, again, this, it's a weird situation because the two best teams in the NL landed in the same division this year. So, yeah, you know, they're I, playing each other in, in the quarterfinal round. So, you know, that's not something you normally have happen. Yeah, I think, uh, I think MLB – I think they need to look at like reseeding. For the, there's there's no reason there's Fo- no there's no re- wild card game and there's no yeah round, there's yeah. no reason 217 uh 207 game uh winning teams should play before the championship series if they're in the same league. Yeah. There's no there's no reason for it. And, and I I kind of I kind of went off a little bit about this last week. I hate the one game wild card. Oh yeah, I don't like it either. And now, now don't get me wrong. I was hoping last year when when they had the the crazy COVID expanded tournament and yeah. they they had the wild card round be three games. Yeah, I was hopeful that they would make the wild card round three games. It needs to be it, ne- it needs to be three games because you can't have a team that's that's won 107 games. You play 162 games and the team wins 107 of them, and it comes down to they one. Still game. lost 55, even with that. You know? Right, right. But it's like, but it's like have all of that come down to uh, one game. And I get it. MLB is MLB wants to create more game seven like drama in the playoffs. It may it makes the playoffs better. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you can't have that many games in the regular season and then have a team that finished one game off the best record in baseball potentially have their season come yeah, to an end not even in one game tournament. yeah it's just yeah. you can't and and i and i i hate the the wild card game because we were in it one year and we didn't even score a damn run i'm not sure what was worse that year the one where we played tampa or this last one where we had to play right. the yankees and at least that one was a was a yeah they beat us two in a row so like okay fine it felt it. it felt like a one game wild card like but yeah so we'll see what happens uh, with that. 
Um, is there anything else in the sports world we need to talk about? Cavs preseason's I mean, we, underway. I mean, we talked about the, the Gruden situation a little bit, so, I mean, we hit that. Um, Cavs, yeah, Cavs like preseason's underway. Evan Mobley's look good. Um, I just don't understand how this team continues to be uh, built, and they have no wings. I don't understand it. I that's been a wonder for two, three years now. I don't. Uh, I don't. Why we don't it. have any, you know, athletic wings? But yet we'll still we'll, swing men, <laughs> three and D guys. Like yeah. we just we just don't have them. But yet we'll continue to to trade for and draft seven foot guys, which which I'm not against. I, I'm not saying I'm against the Evan Mobley pick. I, th- I I very much think that he could end up being the best player out of this draft. But if you're drafting Evan Mobley, what the hell are you doing trading for Laurie Markkinen? That trade has befuddled me since the day we made it. it. And I get it. He can she can shoot from the outside, and that's what we need. We need outside shooting. But we also need somebody who can guard a small forward. We don't have that. And somebody that can hit a shot from the outside. We 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 thought we had that when we drafted uh Dylan Windler, but that kid can't stay on the court. That kid's hurt every other game. Right. I mean, he's been, then, he's been in the league three years now. I think he's played 10 games. And then not only that, but when you made that trade, you also got rid of a lot of emotional capital when you traded Larry Nance Jr., Ugh. which was not a popular move in any respect with the fan base, which no. already doesn't like what you're doing. Yeah. And, and now you're going to do that, which gives the people less incentive to even go down to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It just the, the construction of the team makes no sense. We have, like, the biggest front court in the NBA, and we have the smallest backcourt. And then in the middle— we just have a gaping vacuum of a hole. Yeah. And as long as that remains, the team's not going to be no, good. No, the NBA, you cannot be successful in the NBA unless you have good 3 and D players. We don't have one of them. We don't have any. We don't have one. You know, I have a soft spot for Chetty Osman. He stinks. <laughs> I love Chetty. Hashtag Chetty season. But, man, he stinks. <laughs> Dylan Windler can't stay healthy. Isaac Okoro is the closest thing we have to a 3 and D player, except... Uh, he's only six four and he can't shoot. Yeah, well, basically the only thing he you're does not is not a three or a D player. Right. if you're short, you can't shoot. Yeah, the the uh, the the only thing he can do is play defense. But he's going to be the guy that we're going to be that we're going to be tasked to to try and guard guys like LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, friggin' Giannis. He's six four. Good luck with that. Right. Which makes me feel bad for him because he's going to try his damnedest. He's a good defensive player. He's athletic. He's just too small. Yeah. I mean, the Cavs they they have they have much more they have much more talent on the team this year, and the guys are developing and growing. They're still only going to win twenty five games. Maybe not even. Yeah, it's because the construction of the roster is horrible. Well, like you, like you trade you traded for Laurie Marketing. And you gave him a four-year, $65 million contract. He's not even going to start for you. This is what happens when you have a real general manager and you don't like his decision-making or you think your ego is better is bigger than his and you let him walk and you basically just hire a guy to be your yes man. Yep. And that's exactly what Dan Gilbert did. Yep. And ever since, ever since that whole thing happened five years ago, we, we are now reaping the miserable, rotten fruit of that. And until and then, until there's either Dan Gilbert decides he just doesn't want to be involved in basketball decisions anymore, or oh, that's he gets never going to happen. Unless and that's also things happen, and that's also in, the Cavaliers are in long term, not just short term, but long term trouble. And that's and that, that's also never going to happen. That the, the the team's being groomed to be handed over to his son. 
not Nick, but Grant, who's like 25 years old. Mm. Like when Dan Gilbert had a stroke and wasn't able to be there uh, uh, on an everyday basis or be involved on a day to day basis, his 24 year old son was essentially like the 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 the, the proxy owner. Oh, believe me, you're not telling me anything I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that that story came out. I can't out. be any more pointed in my comments without getting people in trouble. No, that that's the that story's out there. That that story was published. That's out there. That's how I know about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the Cavs are man. I I just I don't know. I hope they surprise me, but I'm not I'm not feeling good. And then and then there's the whole debacle with the whole, the whole Indians name change and logo. The name change, fine, Guardians, whatever. But that logo is the worst thing I've ever seen. You're talking about the the G wing logo with, with the, baseball? the baseball. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I just wish they would put it on the hat instead of another stupid C. But uh, eh, well, who knows? I don't know what they're putting on the hat. I know one of them there was there was a C, but who knows? They'll have they'll have multiple hats. But anyway, alas, I'm sure you are wanting to get to bed. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we're about at that point, I guess. But. Yeah, we're an hour and twenty into the episode, so we can wrap things up. We didn't um, even do a top five today. Well, I mean, we had to completely change everything on the fly there. So yeah, I don't think we even had a top five planned, but I guess we probably we could have thrown one together. But alas, we did not. So that's gonna do it for us uh, tonight. Unless there was anything else you wanted to cover? Not really. No, I just I hope we... the rest of my family somehow gets home tonight. But yeah, at this point, absolutely. I'm, I'm guessing it may not happen. Yeah, especially the folks that got stuck in Denver where it's sleeting. Chicago. Cleveland, it's 80 degrees, and it's partly cloudy, and it's October. You could be in the Rocky Mountains, and it could be wintry precipitation. I know. I, be happy. I Love life, folks. I, I have my air conditioning on today. It's October 13th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fall over spring any day. Oh, so I've God. I've said that it's for not years. Even, yeah, it's not even close. God, I'd take fall over summer. Mm, yes, you do. But But anyway... Mainly because football's played in the fall, but mm. it's not it's not weather related. But anyway, that's gonna do it for us uh, for this episode of Living Off the Land. This is episode one eighty two. Appreciate you, Steve, for essentially coming straight from the airport. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and talking to us about uh, your experience at SoFi Stadium there in Inglewood, California, for the game yesterday. Uh, thanks to Jordan as well for being here for about oh twenty eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> He had to go pick up his parents at the airport uh, after their ride fell through or something like that. So, uh, yeah, and I'm Dan. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Uh, See you Sunday. S- Sunday evening for the Browns postgame show, and then we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do next Thursday because that's going to be a weird one. Thursday, you might have to like watch the game here, and we just pop in and do the show right after the game or something like that. It'll be a late night on Thursday. Yeah, I don't well, think I don't, a week from Thursday. Yeah, I don't think Ryan will be here for that one, but we'll see. Hopefully, he's here this week, or yeah, this coming week. So anyway, uh, for Steve uh, and Jordan, I'm Dan. Been listening to Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.